Hello, everybody. I'm Kathy Yang. This is the podcast edition of Business Nightly. Chile backs out from hosting next month's uh, APEC summit because of the continued protests. U.S. President Donald Trump and Chinese leader Xi Jinping are left without a venue for the signing of their interim trade deal. And as Juan de Guzman tells us, both countries remain determined to get something done despite the setback. Weeks of violent unrest resulting in the deaths of over a dozen people and the arrest of some 7,000 has forced Chile to cancel its hosting of the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation Summit in mid-November, as well as the 2019 United Nations Climate Change Conference in December. This has been a difficult decision, a decision that causes us much pain, because we perfectly understand the importance of APEC and COP for Chile and the world. The cancellation also disrupts a scheduled meeting between U.S. President Donald Trump and Chinese counterpart Xi Jinping. The two leaders were expected to sign an interim trade deal in Chile, an event the business world was counting on for a respite from damaging global uncertainty caused by the two economies' trade war. Ahmed Saeed led the Asian Development Bank's delegation to the APEC finance minister's meeting earlier this month in Santiago, Chile. He says those trade uncertainties have been central in discussions. There's few issues more important um, for the macroeconomic outlook of the region uh, than emerging trade tensions. Uh, you know, I think it's, it's really been one of the drivers of the slowdown alongside uh, slowdown in more developed markets. However, Saeed does not expect the cancellation of the summit to derail any actions or solutions planned to tackle global trade tensions within APEC. This is a complex multilateral uh, process involving you know, a broad range of countries and in a wide variety of jurisdictions. And so it's never been a process that depended on any one meeting or any one venue. Um, it's, it's a much broader um, and uh, more robust set of engagements. So my own expectation is that uh, our engagement on the issues will continue as it was before, um, regardless of uh, you know, the logistics of one particular meeting. It appears the U.S. and China are also working to ensure the canceled summit will not hinder their trade negotiations. The White House released a statement saying it is looking forward to finalizing phase one of the historic trade deal with China within the same time frame, referring to the November 16 to 17 schedule of the canceled summit. No alternate location has been set for Xi and Trump to meet. Reuters reports the Americans are looking to offer some U.S. locations as alternatives for the APEC summit, including Alaska and Hawaii. There are also reports China has suggested Macau as another venue. A security expert, however, says successfully relocating a summit with 21 leaders to a new venue is likely impossible now with just two weeks' notice. And it is likely lower-level officials from the U.S. and China will have to handle the trade deal for now. The eagerness of the U.S. and China to try and reschedule the summit, however, is seen as a sign both sides are eager to get a trade deal done. They will have to sign a deal before December 15 when a new set of U.S. tariffs come into effect on Chinese goods, including laptops, electronics, and toys. Warren de Guzman, ABS-CBN News.
that the Fed's latest policy decision failed to boost markets here in Asia, with Philippine shares falling back below 8,000. But as Michelle Long tells us, the local market still managed to recover from two months of losses. Most Asian markets traded mixed Thursday after the Federal Reserve indicated it's unlikely to move in either direction following its third rate cut for the year. I would expect that this will trigger or give room for another round of rate cuts uh, across uh, Asia Pacific. Um, all the way up from New Zealand uh, through to the Philippines. Well, we saw the dollar drop overnight after uh, the Fed rate cut. So I think that probably tells you everything. So we're going to see a lot of the fast money moving into higher yields now uh, in regional markets, uh, Indonesia to a certain extent, the Philippines, uh, other, other uh, markets around uh, the region. Investors also still bracing for more news on the much-anticipated U.S.-China trade deal now that the venue where Phase 1 was supposed to be signed is no longer pushing through, and then there's the third quarter earnings stream. The event risks that we have been watching, uh, watching over the last few months, such as the uh, trade, uh, trade negotiations between the U.S. and China, Brexit, they're still all there. And what that means to me is that the seesaw that we have been seeing this last few months will continue. Mm -hmm. I mean, and it could, the volatility could actually go up. Uh, we probably we can test 1,000, 8,100, break it, but that has not in, that does not necessarily invalidate the retest of the 7.7 that we saw recently. For the day, the PSE index fell half of one percent, back below 8,000, though it did manage to snap a two-month losing streak. We're down first because uh, we have a long weekend ahead, so investors choose to uh, to take to book gains for now to uh, take profits. At the same time, we are going to digest a lot of data next week, and investors want to see these data first. Among the big losers, BPI, which was sold down by nearly three percent, and Enrique Lazon's ICTSI and Bloomberry. No happy hollow window dressing for the PSEI today, but at least the market managed to snap a two-month losing streak. As for November, well, that could be a different story, with third-quarter GDP numbers expected to roll in, as well as the final MSCI rebalancing for the year. Michelle Long, ABS-CBN News. The Philippine Central Bank sees the country's inflation falling within the 0.5 to 1.3 percent range in October. This after the headline figure further cooled to 0.9 percent in September. The central bank says lower domestic oil and rice prices likely offset the upward pressures from higher electricity, water and LPG rates, as well as higher costs of some food items. Still, the central bank vows to continue monitoring economic and financial developments that could affect the inflation environment. The inflation report will be released on November 5th. The growth of cash circulating in the Philippine economy ticks slightly faster in September. Data from the Philippine Central Bank shows the money supply grew by 7.7% year-on-year to about 12 trillion pesos that month. This is faster than the 6.3% growth recorded back in August. Credit demand remains the principal driver of liquidity growth, with domestic claims growing by 7.5% due to sustained credit growth to the private sector. Despite the boost in liquidity, however, bank lending growth in September remained flat, with outstanding loans of universal and commercial banks growing by 10.5%. The central bank says that is similar to the growth rate in the previous month. 
Now, an industry group is ramping up efforts to help make the Philippines' information technology and business process management sector more competitive. The IT and Business Process Association of the Philippines, or IBPAP, says the Philippines saw moderate growth in the IT BPM industry in 2018. IBPAP President and CEO Ray Untal said that 5% growth translated to about 60,000 new jobs. But he says the Philippines still lags behind India. It's a very competitive landscape, I must say. And that is precisely why here in IBPAP, our focus has really been to um, help pivot no? uh, the ITBPM industry from what used to be very transactional activities that we were doing and really harnessing the power of digital transformation so that we can rebuild the workforce and be prepared for the changing jobs that we are anticipating. As local lenders advance their services to the digital platform, attempts of online financial cyber fraud such as phishing continue to rise. But as Bruce Rodriguez tells us, Philippine banking regulators and local lenders have been banding together to combat this rising threat. Calls or text messages from unknown people and even emails that look like they came from legitimate banks or websites. These are just some of the ways fraudsters try to extract financial information from unsuspecting victims or what are called phishing scams. According to the Philippine Central Bank, they're now seeing a spike in phishing attempts after local lenders fully migrated to Europay MasterCard Visa technology for debit and credit cards in 2018. This made automated teller machine skimming virtually impossible for criminals, which forced them to shift to a different kind of financial cyber fraud. Phishing incidents continue to top our list of reported uh, cyber-related financial crimes. You know, as you mentioned, we're seeing this trend because cyber criminals have shifted towards what we call exploiting card not present or online transactions. Unfortunately, the, the, the cyber criminals have also so changed their tactics. The central bank has been working closely with local lenders to make sure they have protocols in place to protect their clients from cyber threats, including phishing. This holds especially true as the local financial sector makes headways into digitalization. BPI, one of Manila's biggest banks, says local lenders are also collaborating more to protect not just their network integrity, but also the banking public. There's a lot of improvement in how we do collaboration between banks. The BAP has established a cybersecurity working group where security uh, professionals in all banks gather together periodically to talk shop. That group has a lot of partnership with local and international um, law enforcement agencies, including the FBI. Another major Philippine lender security bank has also been busy enforcing cybersecurity protocols while making sure it informs its clients of the risks. We adopted uh, privacy uh, and security framework that is in line with BSP. We're doing that by uh, also beefing up our communications with them through internal and external emails. Um, getting them to uh, be more uh, aware and educated on these things. Banks have been aggressively doing information campaigns on how the public can be safe from phishing scams. Some of their tips are making sure you're visiting official websites or replying to official emails by simply checking for spelling errors. 
Don't do online banking when connected to public Wi-Fi hotspots, as cyber criminals might be able to access these. Change the password of your online banking accounts every three months. Enroll in two-factor authentication. And be mindful of emails, making sure not to mindlessly click on any attachment. Bruce Rodriguez, ABS-CBN News. And that's it for today. This is the podcast edition of Business Nightly. You can watch highlights, recaps, and exclusive content of our shows online. Subscribe to the ANT YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Thank you for joining us.